You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? Uh, I am very nervous because I'm in a fantasy championship and Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback. So, okay. Not great. Not bad. Okay. He's not doing well. So, I guess yeah. slightly bad. <laughs> yeah. He, he needs to figure out the fumbling problem. Uh, and I like Trevor Lawrence. <sighs> Yeah, the uh, the the fumble to start the game. So I, I start off at negative two is uh, not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are listening to this and like he threw for five touchdowns or something, and I'm sound stupid. But at the very moment, I am I am a little tilt. Mike, did you learn anything from the Bengals Tampa game? You have to let the whole game play out. No reaction in the first half, first quarter, second quarter. Oh, I understand. I uh, uh, after seeing what Kirk Cousins did last week, I um, I am I will wait at least until the third quarter gets going. Yeah, I, it's it's it, it's a good defense. Honestly, you go against the Jets and um, nobody said be- that when the Bengals beat them, but yeah, they are a good defense. I thought the same thing while I was watching <laughs> while I was watching the Jags. Offense. I mean, they weren't really a good defense back then, so I, it is a little a little a little I don't know misinformationy. But at the same time, I feel like now that you've seen them, like, they're all this together. It's like oh. the Jets played the Bengals pretty well. They got pressure. Sauce did a really good job on Chase. He they, did didn't do a bad job overall just t got a few dunks in and you know burrow was burrow but it felt like after that the case was uh well oh, robert sala why i don't know if he's the guy type thing and then you know their defense looks good as it did in that game and starts turning i had a tweet a couple weeks ago when they benched zach wilson i said see see the Bengals were playing the jets at their best when joe flacco was out there <laughs> And uh, I mean, I kind of felt that way, to be honest, but it's funny you say that because I was watching the beginning of this game because we're recording this on a Thursday night. And I thought I'm going to tweet, you know, the Bengals did a pretty good job, but nobody ever talks about what they did against the Jets defense. I just didn't because I didn't feel like it. 
Uh, you never know what the reaction is going to be on that. They're 10 and four right now. Jets are trying to get into the playoff after um, hot starts at times during the season. At the moment, AFC playoff picture is going to be really fun to watch. I want to get to that in just a moment. We're going to move over to the Pro Bowl. I love Pro Bowl social media because it's one of those things where people are like, oh, take it off TV. Nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. But there are so many tweets about the voting the game when it is on, what they're going to change about it, who's in, what's the snub, who um, shouldn't be in, all of that fun stuff with that conversation. It's just fun to watch personally. And I do have a few tweets about it when it comes to the Bengals and people they leave off. Because again, at the end of the day, I hope the Bengals have plans that weekend. They're traveling to Arizona for the game the next week. And that game doesn't even matter. And nobody's going to even be able to be in attendance for it. And maybe Tua can show up. And, and replace Joe Burrow because Joe will be there. I'm going to start with quarterbacks right now. And I'm going to give the Pro Bowl voting a little credit because it's one-third fans, one-third coaches, one-third players who vote. So the fan votes were out last week, and it was showing that Tua had the most votes. You know, fans are tweeting. They're using the hashtag. And- Tua non came out strong. Yeah. And but at the same time, players and coaches also have a vote. And I kind of like that. It was a little surprising to me to see Joe Burrow get it, not because I don't think he should, he's a pro bowler because of just the the overall fan tweets and votes and stats. And I'm like, oh man, he's really not going to get this. That's unfortunate because Joe Burrow was a pro bowler last year too, and he didn't get it. Um, and it's, it's again, personally for me, it's more for pro bowl, all pro, um, you know, at the end of their career, all that stuff does stack up and matter. And when it comes to contract negotiations and stuff like that, I feel like that's really important for a player, not so much for me, but for contracts. And rookie contracts. Uh, if you make a Pro Bowl, your scale goes up a lot. So you make more money. So that that's also a big deal. It's in the CBA. Yeah, we are a podcast of the players. We care about the players making more money, as much money as possible. And that's personally what I feel about it. Um, At the end of the day, it is a popularity contest when it comes to some names. TJ Watt, for example, who didn't play a lot this season. I wonder if players, sorry to cut you off, but it did cross my mind when TJ Watt made it because I don't think the fans voted him in. It just crossed my mind of just like, do you think like players and coaches are just like, writing down who they think's the best like not even thinking about like he's having the best year they just think like oh yeah tj watt should be there he's really good i mean his teammate is is having a heck of a season and i feel like he deserved it that's that's the sad part is highsmith is having a, a better year so far but i mean i can't say much because tj watt looked like better than a defensive player of the year in the two games he played against the Bengals. so if i was a Bengals player i'd probably write him down <laughs> i would probably I mean, you know what, maybe, maybe just Maybe Joe Burrow did. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're Burrow, right? You throw two picks to the guy. I think you got to write This guy is an all-pro. He's a pro bowl. Like, I want him on my team. <laughs> for believe once. me, there are two players that I would take if you look around the AFC North who had one. It would be T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. Um, yeah. But you know, you know, some of it is it's it's the name. But I was actually surprised to see the AFC quarterback room. I actually thought they got it right. You get Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, three of the top AFC quarterbacks I- right now. You were surprised by that? I, I'm surprised because I feel like it never works out that way. I feel like it's okay. you get Patrick Mahomes and then you just get like a random quarterback in there. And then you're like, why didn't why didn't this guy get it? Lamar Jackson got it last year and, and he was That's hurt true. for most of the season. I didn't feel like he deserved it last year. I think Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback. He is going to get paid in a few months. That is nothing against Lamar. I just didn't think he deserved it last year and he got voted in. 
I thought they got it right in the quarterback room. Yeah, I thought it was an easy thing, though. That's that's why I guess I'm a little bit surprised. I also see the whole Tua was snubbed. I don't think you could remove any of the guys that made no. it over him. I mean, the thing with Tua is he's first alternate, I believe. There is a very good chance that one of those three quarterbacks, hopefully Burrow, is going to the Super Bowl, so he gets in anyway. But yeah, I that I mean, to me it was an obvious three choices, and um, AFC is just stacked at quarterback. Like unless Lamar leaves to the NFC, you're talking about the three that made it. You know, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, who might be the three best quarterbacks in the league in general. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, you've got. Tua, you've got Lamar, <laughs> and then you look at the NFC and Kirk Cousins makes it. And you're like, well, you know, if it, this is one of those years where you kind of wish they had the the legends drafting the teams and no AFC or NFC thing going on, but that's not how it went. Um, yeah, I saw that Kirk Cousins made it, and I was like, oh, I. That's why I would be upset if I was a Tua fan. I would be like, but Kirk Cousins made it. But it's like, well, those are the weird Pro Bowl rules. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and yeah, Tua credit to him. He's having a great season too, but he's not better than than Joe and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And like I said, and like you said, one of those three quarterbacks is more than likely going to be playing Super Bowl weekend, and Tua can get his chance. We'll get his chance. Um, but even the wide receivers, I feel like the wide receiver room is stacked. I was a little surprised that T. Higgins wasn't a, an alternate. I didn't look and see who all the alternate was. Alternate Tyler Boyd is ahead of him. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's wrong. But I wonder if there's just players and coaches that know Boyd better than they know Higgins because Higgins is like a second year player. Um, I'm trying to see if I can very quickly find the alternates off of a Google search. But yeah, I mean, T should have made it over Boyd. And I can say that as somebody who follows this team really well. Um, and I love Tyler Boyd. He is great. He played with nine fingers last week. But I'm just saying I was a little surprised T. Higgins was uh, down on that and wasn't – I didn't see him as an alternate, actually. And I know the AFC room is loaded. And that's what's it's crazy about Pro Bowl voting. We talk about it all the time. Nobody cares about it. But we always talk about it because it's a conversation when you think of the best guys out there and, and how they're they're voted in and, and what it means for that player. But, you know, I felt like – the quarterback thing was silly. If anybody's getting upset about it, it's mostly just Dolphins fans, and they've been pretty annoying all season. To be completely uh-huh. honest with you, yeah. The uh, oh man, the the whole Dolphins thing does almost make it a little bit hard to even like do it. Like you have to separate the two. I like in my two mind too because two his story is so cool. But then if you do get heavy into the weeds, which is this is also why I don't go on there and argue with a lot of people very often but if you get heavy into the weeds i can easily see why you're not a fan of what's uh, of tua because of the fans because they are toxic i it and this was also true i think for some of the burrow fans were kind of toxic a little bit and the mm-hmm. herbert fans although it feels like herbert and burrow fans have kind of chilled out they're friends now fans. Yeah, they've both united against the two. I'm saying this all from afar, but uh, <laughs> when I look I'm at like it, I'm like, guessing, but I think I think it's friendly now. I think it's yeah, yeah. I think I think which is what should have been happening the entire time. Herbert and Burrow fans come together and they're like, "Oh, these are just two top five quarterbacks." You know, that's what they should be saying the entire time, though. Like <laughs> last year, I was like. Guys, why are you arguing so much? It's like same tier. What flavor do you like? Do you like the big strong arm or do you like the quick, uh, quick release accurate type? I don't know. Like, which one do you prefer? And 
it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. Like to me, Mahomes is probably still on top, but yes. after that, you can go Allen, Burrow, Herbert, whatever you want. I don't think Tua is in that tier, but he. I probably still have Lamar near that Burrow, Allen, Herbert tier. Just what he did in 2019 and even 2020 was just still sticks in my mind. The further we get away, the harder it is to still say that, even though he's been good, he hasn't been as awesome as he was those years. So, but I don't rate quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll let people in that far and then shut it off. I'm going to move on to the defensive side because I want to give this guy some time, but it's going to be DJ reader, but I want to say there is a certain writer over at the ringer who likes to bring up that conversation when it comes to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And I think it's absolutely insane when it comes to that conversation and who's ahead of who, and you can't, you can't enjoy both. It's, it's unfortunate. They're two good quarterbacks. Um, I said it actually off the air before we started recording Justin Herbert in the playoffs and his roster starting to get healthy terrifies me a little bit. I'm not going to lie when I think about the Chargers and what they could do uh, possibly in the wild card round or division round to be determined. I think Chargers and, and KC would be just such a great wild card weekend if KC falls to two, to be completely honest with you. That would be so fun. And after every KC uh, LA game I've ever seen, it will end in heartbreak for LA. <laughs> That's what will happen. I'm getting my own that like the invitational, the AFC uh, championship invitational that I keep hearing that happens in Kansas City every year doesn't happen would be pretty. I, I, yeah, I could be wrong. I just whenever I see the game, right. whenever I watch a KC Chargers game, it, it's like the Chargers are in it through like 59 minutes and 40 seconds, and then the last 20 seconds happen, and just something goes completely haywire, and Kansas City wins. That's what it feels like every time I've watched one of those. But I don't know. Maybe that's recency bias because it is what happened recently. Pick six, Justin Herbert. Um, okay, we're moving on. Poor Gerald to- Everett was tired. He wanted out. We're moving on uh, to DJ Reader. We have three minutes in this segment. We got to give the guy some love. I love when national media says DJ Reader got snubbed. We don't like it. I know he missed some games this season, but the defense, he anchors it. He, it's a difference maker when DJ Reader is out there. This is another one. I want to see the alternate list because I'm wondering, he's fifth alternate. Who is ahead of like, the three guys got named, whatever. They're, they're really, really good at their job. So I can't hate too much. I think I would have him over. Man, I would probably, I you you know me. I probably have him over Simmons and maybe even Williams, uh, right below Jones. But uh, yeah, when when uh, when I saw that, I was like, okay, the the top three are fine. But I can't think of who else is ahead of him. Like, did Christian Wilkins get in ahead of him? I feel like he probably did, even though I think Reader has been better. That Wilkins got love on national spotlight because he played in that game. Uh, I try to think of other guys that would be ahead of him. But it's like when you're thinking of AFC defensive tackles, it's like did DeForest Buckner get there by name recognition? Did uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of defensive tackles in the AFC I would take ahead of him. So for him to be like eighth, Ridiculous. But I will also say he was healthy and this good all last year, and he wasn't even named an alternate. And this year he finally got named an alternate. So hopefully the more respect than recognition he earns, he can get into the Pro Bowl next season. But it's just add a nose tackle Pro Bowl vote. Like I'm so sick of the Pro Bowl vote is disgusting for fans. And I assume the coaches, media, what, whoever else votes too, because you have to vote for three fullbacks for each conference. Why? There's like six, there, there's like, sorry, not six. There's like three useful fullbacks in the NFL. 
If Lorenzo like, Neal's not out there, there's no reason that we should Kyle, be voting for a fullback. It's, it's Kyle Juszczyk. And after that, it's, I don't know, Patrick Ricard. Like a few guys that are like fine. Uh, it's Kyle Juszczyk and nobody else really. So why am I voting for six fullbacks? But you only vote for like, I think four offensive tackles. You don't, I don't think you must do left, right. I don't think you do left, right. I don't think you do left, right. I think it's just four offensive tackles, four guards, and then three centers or something like that. I don't know. It's disgusting. And then for, obviously you have the issue of they put outside linebacker. They don't really care if you're an edge player or a linebacker, they just put you in there. So that's why Jermaine Pratt is not even listed as an alternate because those are all edge guys that play outside linebacker that make it. And then you have, it should be off ball linebacker. And then you have your edge. And I know that gets so many edge players in because that's what's the golden age right now. It's all these guys, but Linebackers aren't getting the credit they deserve. And then inside, it should be defensive. It should be, you know, you could put defensive tackle still and then have nose tackle. And even if I'm voting for two nose tackles, you know, reader would make it. It would be reader and that, I don't know. Wilkins play enough nose tackle. <laughs> uh, there's there's probably somebody I can, I'm off the top of my head here. I can't name a nose tackle other than reader, but like, did, did Ed Oliver get in over him? Because that would be wrong. I don't know. I, I Our goal on this podcast is to bring attention to the players. Like I said, it's a player podcast. We are going to get DJ Reader an All-Pro this season. We I hope gonna... so. All-Pro does the same thing, though. You don't vote for a nose tackle. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to get justice for DJ Reader to get the attention he deserves I've always said we don't look to we don't look at media or national attention for validation when it's your favorite team or player, but it's time for DJ Reader for people to pay attention, and we're gonna make it happen. Uh, we're just gonna talk about him every podcast. There's gonna be like a DJ Reader segment that we're gonna slip <laughs> in there because he does something insane. I'm sorry, it's not fair. He does I know he's been injured, but you could say the same thing about TJ Watt. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it doesn't matter. If you're going in there, you're making a difference right now. And he is when he is out there. You need him on defense. Um, it's not fair. I don't like it. Vince Wilford, probably the best nose tackle that I've seen with my own two eyes, was named a first-team All-Pro one time. And then well, the only other one I could think of that would be up there that maybe got Pro Bowl votes. He made the Pro Bowl like four or five times, but Vince Wilford was a little bit of a personality. Haloti Nada made it twice as a first-team All-Pro, but he could rush the passer a little bit more than these guys. We could talk about this all night. We're not going to. We're not doing we, three segments on those tackles. We are not, but we are a huge fan of DJ Reader, and he should um, he should be in there. But hopefully, the All Pro vote goes different. I it, I would love even if he was just a second team All Pro because I think he should be. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Whatever. I did see for the NFC. Sorry to keep extending this segment, but uh, Dexter Lawrence made it, and he's like a DJ reader of the NFC. So maybe there is hope that these run-stopping defensive tackles can get in there. Uh, they just need to keep building the name recognition in the media and within, you know, player circles too. Pro Bowl, All Pro, Hall of Fame. It's hard in Cincinnati. Uh, but we will keep talking about it and hopefully, you know, things like that change. We'll move on. Your mailbag questions. You guys did a great job. Thanks for sending them. You can follow on Twitter at LNDS Patterson, Bengals underscore Sands. We'll have those questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm going to get to your mailbag questions, everybody, with a little bit of everything. And we're going to just kind of throw a curveball out here. RSJ221 says, would you rather have Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson at wide receiver and why? Hmm. This is a flavor question to me. I think they're around the same level. They're both amazing wide receivers. I think that you have your top. I'll say six wide receivers, and they're all probably around the same level. Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, and Jamar Chase. Those guys are a cut above everybody else. Uh, I I love the – I think I still – I think I go Chase, but there's nothing wrong with picking Jefferson. Like, if you want to pick Jefferson, Jefferson's a better route runner, better technician. He's a little bit more slippery – not uh, slippery, I guess, but more um, – He's just – he moves different, which is just weird to say, but, like, he's just so long and weird moving that it helps on all these route running and stuff that he does. So – and he could do a lot of the stuff Chase does too with all the contested catches, and he's a better – he's better consistent blocker too. Then you look at Chase, you're like, better deep threat, you know, better yards after catch guy. I like that, but maybe that's just the comfort of familiarity, but I think that is what's best for this team. I and Justin Jefferson um, is really fun to watch. I I enjoyed watching him this past week with Minnesota's comeback versus the Colts. Um, I would go Jamar Chase. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Jamar Chase had the better year with Joe Burrow in the 2019 season, or was it pretty like 50-50? You just keep talking and I will figure this out. I, I I like his personality, too. I think he's been really fun to watch. And just in the locker room, he's really honest. He was asked in the locker room the other day about uh, playing the Patriots, paraphrasing just a tiny bit here, but just kind of asked how, you know, the Patriots can can stop them or how they'll be able to stop them. He's like, that's not my job. That's their job to figure out. And I just love how honest he is in those interviews. I think he when he throws Joe Burrow under the bus a little bit when they're joking out there, when they're mic'd up, um, it's kind of really fun to see the connection between the two. Not that they don't have it with Justin Jefferson. I just don't see it because I, I see Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow connection. So I would go Jamar Chase. But again, I'm being a little biased because Jamar Chase is currently on this roster. In you- my opinion, Jamar Chase had the better year statistically because he had almost 1,800 yards to 1,540 for Jefferson. And he had 20 touchdowns to 18 for Jefferson. Jefferson had him on catches, but um, I think yards and touchdown a little bit more important. Yeah. And like you said, I feel like it's a win-win situation if you had the other, but I'm just, I'm just happy that they have T Higgins 
they have Tyler Boyd, they have Jamar Chase, and um, that all works for me. There is a lot of people on social media. I'm going to bring this up before I get to the next question. They have these photoshopped wide receiver pictures of T. Higgins and in a Chicago Bears. Bears. Yeah. I'm not a fan of these teams wishing about this new TV deal. Maybe the salary cap's going to go way, 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 way oh. up. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Google slash YouTube bought Sunday ticket for $2 billion per year. So salary cap's got to go up, right? <laughs> I feel like it's good news for every team out there. And I know how people feel. A lot of people are worried about how Cincinnati is going to pay for all their weapons and their, their toys. Uh, they're going to figure it out. I truly believe that. And they pay wide receivers. They pay quarterbacks, and if they can find a way to keep T. Higgins here, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow, they are going to do that. I'm not. I'm not saying goodbye to him yet. I, I still think, and we shouldn't. He has a whole other season next year with them. Um, yeah, and I don't think they the, the the whole trade him is like fantasy land talk to me. They're not doing that. They're going to keep the window open as wide as they can for as long as they can. So even if they don't plan to have T. Higgins in there for the long term future, he probably gets a tag. And then they probably just let them, I would think, just let them walk because they're just going to try to run that into the ground. Like they, and this is still smart. Like, yeah, you didn't get your first round pick back. You'll get a third and you kept the window open. Like that's more important than a first round pick. I know the draft people go crazy for these first yeah. round picks, but you could draft and, and it has nothing to, scouting plays a big part, but there is just something with like, what happens with the chemical makeup of these players and how much, you know, they put in outside. There's a whole bunch of outside factors that go into this too. John Ross, not a terrible prospect ended up being a bust. So like, yeah, you got to trade T Higgins for John Ross. I don't know. I get that. You get a guy for cheap. You get all this other stuff. I don't know. I think that first round picks get a little bit overrated. I would not trade T Higgins for a first round pick. I would rather try to go for that Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is more important than saving money and trying to find, a wide receiver in the draft. Yeah, one hundred percent. I need people to stop with the photoshops. I don't like it. I'm starting to. Um, what's what's, what's even the percent chance you find a guy as good as T. Higgins with a first round pick? Like my favorite thing about that pick, my favorite thing about it is I didn't see it coming. I truly didn't well, see I didn't it coming. I, th I just figured offensive line. And they go T. Higgins, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, that's a great pick. Hold on, no, what everybody said was, why wasn't it Denzel Mims? <laughs> How'd that right. one go? How'd we that should, one go? You know All the I'm guys who want to trade these for a first-round pick, and they'd be drafting Denzel Mims with that pick. I hate to be this person, but I do it all the time on social media. It's good with my coffee. I go back and like search old like things that I know people had a problem with like a couple years ago. And then I find like a list of all of it and I retweet it and just kind of like, oh, you guys remember all this stuff? Um, so I'm going to do the Denzel one and just see T. Higgins, put him and T. Higgins in the same sentence to see what people were saying back in 2020. Because I love that. I love to hear all the people getting mad at the front office for what they're doing. You could say the same thing about Trey Hendrickson. Everybody was so mad about that signing. Like, uh, why are I, I thought Lawson should have been the guy, but Sorry. Bengals are right, not me. Whatever. What do I care? What do I care about being right? You know, like it's what I love it the though. But I love it. It's I'm fun wrong. to watch. It's fun to watch because people just stay on it. Even in the offseason, the Cincinnati Bengals are gonna miss the playoffs. Like that's my um that's fair. what's gonna happen. And now they have a 99.9. It was such a galaxy brain take. If you go, oh my god, we've answered like one question. I know, I know we need to stop. <laughs> Sorry. 
We need. To, I'm gonna have a buzzer. The galaxy brain YouTube take of oh the Bengals will be better, but they'll miss the playoffs, guys. Yeah. The Chargers will go 14 and three though. Super, <laughs> Super Bowl hangover. No, sorry, it's not there yet. Uh, and right now the Jags are winning as we're recording this, so the Bengals are are almost officially in. I the hope play. that's a Trevor Lawrence touchdown. I'm sorry. They did score a touchdown. They did score a touchdown. Oh, it was a Trevor Lawrence rushing touchdown. All Ooh, right. Was that bonus? Because I don't play fantasy oh, football. Yeah. So, yeah. Most, uh, well, not most, but at least half the leagues are four points for a passing touchdown, six points for a rushing touchdown. So I got two extra. I got that fumble <laughs> negative two off the board. I'm up to 10 with him. Disclaimer in this um, again, if the Jaguars win, Cincinnati is already in and they're only just going to help themselves when it comes to seeding and they're one step closer to taking the division if they get a win against the Patriots. We're moving on. We're moving Let's on. Let's try to like, lightning these questions we are lightning apologizing round, lightning for round. other people sorry guys we tell you to send us questions and then we ask we only go to one parker blake friend of the program says favorite christmas okay. tradition what do the Bengals need to do to beat new england we're going to answer that in the third segment how much of a factor is cold weather going to be will this game be more of a run heavy game okay uh favorite christmas tradition uh <sighs> I mean, my uh, mom and brother and I always get Chinese food on Christmas. Oh, I love that. I feel like I kind of just like going and looking at Christmas lights with my family. I'm currently in the middle of a ice tundra, not to get off topic, that's going to happen in Cincinnati. So, um, you know, I'm glad the Bengals aren't playing here. When it comes to the cold weather, it's going to be 14 degrees at Foxborough. I think it's going to be more of a run-heavy game. I feel like they can run the ball maybe against New England's defense. I want your thoughts on it. Uh, New England's defense is full of butt kickers, and it will be hard to run the ball. <laughs> so you're telling me there's no chance. The opportunities there, though, I, they could. Like I, I, they, they like to play light in the box, but they just have guys that just dominate up front, and Christian Barmore, and even their linebackers, just maniacs that like to go head first in the blocks. Uh, but I actually, I think they pass. I don't think the cold weather is going to affect them as much as like a high winds or precipitation game was. So I think they'll just be themselves. They'll pass the ball. They'll try to move the ball that way. And I think the way you beat the New England defense, which we can get into a little bit more in the next segment is. Yep, we're moving on. Buzz, <laughs> we're moving on. Scott says, if we if they were to save money next year, would you rather cut Joe Mixon or Tyler Boyd? um Mixon's probably more replaceable yeah I don't want Tyler Boyd to go and and no no Joe Mixon either um but you're gonna have to make decisions and I feel like we are going to have those hard decisions not when it comes to just extending the players but some of the guys you have on the roster to save money but I agree with you I think that would be the easier decision again I like Joe Mixon this is nothing against Joe Mixon we are going to move on to Johnny Bengal. He says Bengal's more likely to draft a right tackle or left tackle of the future. I'm going to say right now, this is the last time we're going to answer anything when it comes to draft talk right now. Go. The guy, Jared, <laughs> who asks every week, is it draft time yet? Didn't ask this week. Um, my gut feeling is right tackle. But I think this is about 50-50. So people need to know that Jonah Williams is going to be here next year. Yeah, that's um, that's why I'm right tackle. If they go left tackle, he's probably going to sit here. Like they they're not going to draft a guy left tackle, bench Williams like I think some people want, or to move him to guard. They have their guards. <laughs> move him to right tackle. I don't think he wants to switch sides. So I'm actually talking myself much more into if they're drafting it this year, it's going to be right tackle. 
I agree uh, with Lyle. I know we've talked a little bit about his back injury. Maybe he's not fully healthy, but it's not looking too awesome. And if you have other parts on your offensive line that's been pretty solid, you got to fix your weak part. So I would think, and that's more of the future. Again, he could sit behind Lyle next year and just be another swing tackle added piece. Um, and then maybe just some flexibility on the offensive line until he's ready to start. Again, Hakeem Adeniji is another one I want to look for in the future because I still feel like he's going to be a part of this offensive line at some point too. Bill says, do you think Kansas City will slip after seeing their last two outings? They have the Seahawks and they have the Raiders coming up. No. Well, I do. Okay. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna play it close to the Raiders. I don't know if they'll lose that game. I know that's really wild and insane to think about because I do want to say that's at Arrowhead. But um, but yeah, that's what I'm rolling with. I think there's gonna be still some close games for them. I know they're first in a lot of categories, and everybody's like Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City. Uh, still not buying them. I think they're not as good as they were last year. Obviously, Tyreek Hill's not out there. Uh Patrick Mahomes is still insane and he's really good. Their defense has a lot of leaks in it. And I think one game, I think there's a possibility they drop one. Possibility, yeah. If I was betting one way or the other, I'd just uh, – I'll roll with Andy and Mahomes and figure that a good head coach-quarterback combination is going to do enough to beat the Raiders and Seahawks and I think Broncos. Broncos defense. Broncos defense. You never know. Let's ride. Let's ride. Maybe some pick sixes. Let's see. Jeff says, and I'm going to go back a little bit to the Tampa game. I, I brought up Hakeem Adenogy. I did not see this. I didn't see it mentioned during the Tampa game. Was there an explanation on the Hakeem penalty? Did he forget to report as eligible? Do you um, remember that? I don't remember this, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm going... I was like, I don't remember this. I'm going to ask Mike. <laughs> I'm going to the full play-by-play. We're going to find Adenogy. What was the penalty? illegal formation i actually think if i had to guess and i have been wrong in my life they call that when the tackle's not covered up that could be a wide receiver issue he wasn't on the ball so adenji wouldn't be covered up but i honestly don't know maybe he didn't report him as eligible no idea i i don't remember anybody talking about this and this wasn't just flown by me during the game just in one year out the other can't believe that you even went back to watch the tape and you didn't know. I'm um, just joking. Couldn't um, see. I, 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 whenever I see those plays where a flag comes out before you're the like, play, fast forward. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch. I don't. I don't watch anything. I just skip past it. Oh, they lost five yards. <laughs> Moving on. I'm just used to it now. Uh, Swin underscore since he says, who is your guys' favorite matchup for Wild Card Weekend? So if the Bengals are playing Wild Card Weekend, who would you want to play if you could choose right now? Uh. Either the Ravens or the Jets. I I agree with you. The only thing that terrifies me a little bit, and I joked with Jay Morrison because he talked about it on their podcast here, that podcast growling. He's like, do you really want to face an opponent in regular season and then see them in the wild card weekend? I think this is a little bit different from that Jets game in 2009 that I'm scarred for life on. That was absolutely brutal. Brutal. They lost 37 to brutal. nothing in 2000. Brutal. I just made up that word. They lost 37 to nothing against the jets the game got flexed and then we're like oh they won't lose the next week in the wild card game to the jets they just got beat by them and then they lost and it just it was closer but it's just brutal to play a team uh two times in a week i'm gonna do a little wild card action here i think it would be the miami dolphins for me i truly think they could stop them again i, I think so too but really i'm looking at 
the Ravens are so beat up that I feel like it's fine to face them. And Lamar might not even play. Who knows? But the real one, I guess I'd say Jets because I just want to face the worst quarterback. That's <laughs> like Lou, Lou Anarumo with a week to, you know, like doing his game plan, weekly preparation, playoff stuff against either Mike White or Zach Wilson sounds perfectly fine to me. And you're playing at home and this team just plays really great at home. Yeah. So that's that's the big deal about this one and two seed thing. And even just wild card weekend, you, you get the one, two, three, obviously, or four, depending on what you get for the division title, what you fall in the seedings. That's why this is so extremely important, because if you beat the Patriots, you got Monday Night Football coming up. You pretty much can control your destiny to that two seed if Kansas City does not drop one, because I feel good about the Ravens finale. That's insane to think about. That's why this game coming up this Saturday is absolutely huge because then all focus is on Monday night football. And there is a chance, and I'm doing the math in my head, if you win against the Patriots and the Ravens drop one this weekend, you beat the Bills, you're putting on the T-shirts and the hats. Yes. Um, they're, what, one game up? Mm -hmm. If they get to two games up in going into the next, uh, final week, then they clinch because – Obviously, Ravens can't catch up. If they are only one game up going into that game, they got to win it because the Ravens beat them earlier in the year. So. That would be absolutely huge if you go on a two-game win streak and the Ravens drop one this weekend um, for that Monday night football game. Just really exciting football coming up. Really pumped about a Saturday game, 1 p.m., a little Christmas Eve action. And uh, we'll have more when it comes to the prediction on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is prediction time. The 10-4 and four Bengals face the Patriots who are 7-7 seven and seven and they're fighting for their playoff life. Bill Belichick in December. What is going to happen? Oh, man. Um... See, I've found, man, I've found this one to be tough. I think the Bengals win. I just, spoiler. Uh, but, man, this Patriots defense is good. Like, they are second in DVOA. I think they're first in EPA per play. And then we just think about it. It's Bill Belichick coaching a talented unit. I think there are some flaws with it, but they do some stuff that the Bengals haven't shown the ability to consistently beat um, the late, rotations with their safeties the creepers the the main one that has me concerned is they do a really really good job with their um rush paths their pass rush paths on all these different you know uh creepers and stuff so so you, what they usually do is the nose tackle will cross the face of the center and the linebacker comes off of him just wrapping right around like a little twist and they do a really good job they got the raiders with that like five times in the in one game just a free runner right up the a gap that can't happen uh so i think it's gonna be a little bit annoying i think this is one of those games that it's 
it's set up to not be a high scoring game. The one there's, there's a few areas that I think the Bengals can attack this Patriots defense. One is they do a bit of that dolphins thing where they kind of just move that safety well over the best receiver. At least it is in the Raiders game. It's the only one I watched on the defense, but they had that safety so far over to Devontae Adams that the Raiders had plenty of shots down the field with um, whoever else, Mac Hollins, or um, I don't know all the Keelan Cole, I think caught a touchdown. Like those were opportunities because the Raiders, uh, because the Patriots were just so focused on stopping Devontae Adams. Um, so if they do that to Jamar Chase, I would take T. Higgins at any of those corners because I don't think the corners, they're nothing to sneeze at, but they're not world beaters either. Like they're fine. They lost their best corner, JC Jackson, in the offseason. They've got, you know, okay guys. It's there's a rookie. There's, you know, it's just a bunch of guys that are like, yeah, he's fine. Um, they got good safety play. I don't know. I think I think there's opportunities there for the Bengals to attack deep down the field if they can hold up in pass protection. Big week for that interior of the offensive line and the running backs. And also, I think Matt Judon is one of the, if not the leader of sacks. So, and he's good too. And Josh Uchi's good. Like, there's so many dudes. Um, but they do a good job scheming up pressure. They've got good, talented guys to get pressure. And, but, I think their corners can be taken advantage of a little bit. And also some of those rotations, they gave up a walk-in touchdown to Durham Waller just because they tried this really funky rotation and it left nobody in the middle of the field. Durham Waller just caught it. Easy comeback touchdown. Um, I'm going to say 20 to 13. I don't think the Patriots are going to score much in this game. Knock on wood. I think the Bengals run defense has been really good in games like this. You think the Titans game, you think the Browns game. They shut down running backs like that. I don't think Ramondre Stevens is, is as good as Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. That's not a hot take. I don't think that their run game is as good as those teams, but we'll see. That that one, I don't know. Um, but I don't think Mac Jones is going to have – if you're going to force Mac Jones and Matt Patricia to pass the ball down the field, I think you'll have an okay day. So if they could stop the run, which they've done, then I think they're in a good spot defensively it's offensively they can't put themselves in a bad position turn the ball over give up a short field anything like that so 20 to 13 Bengals. i hope i hit all of parker's questions there i don't think this is gonna be a run heavy game although it could turn into a slug fest i think the Bengals will be aggressive and try to get out early i say this every week it's all it's all about getting out early um when this Bengals team scores first i just feel like they're in control of the game this defense is legit it really is and they don't get enough credit because the patriots offense isn't putting up enough of a performance i think you have mac jones out there i think there's a chance we see zappy um in the second uh, half. really it, they're fighting for their playoff lives right now uh, they're gonna get everything yeah sure so I, uh... they're not afraid to put him out there in the second half I don't think it's really a boost, though. It's my only issue. Okay, well then that's great. But I just <laughs> and I and I trust. I do trust Lou. Um, it might be more of a defensive performance on both sides of the ball. I I don't think it's going to be beautiful football. Um, it's December. It's a short week. They did get some guys back, which is great news when you think of Mike Hilton. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt should be good to go. Trey Hendrickson is going to play with a broken wrist. He's not wearing a club. This is insane in itself for Trey Hendrickson to go out there. He said he talked to plenty of doctors. They said his wrist can't get any worse, and it's all about pain tolerance. So this guy is insane in a good way. Um, I hope he's okay, and it 
doesn't factor into anything when he's out there. But I don't think he would put himself in that situation if he didn't feel like he could um, could start for this defense. So that's absolutely insane. It's something to watch on Saturday. Yeah. Trey Hendricks is probably going to single-handedly rise the stock of smelling salts this weekend. Have something. He's gonna have something. Uh, something <laughs> or painkillers or something. <laughs> something they give him to to get him through that. I thought about today. I'm like, man, if I stub my toe, I'm out for like a minute. Um, there's no way I'm out there playing with a broken wrist. And everyone's like, why is he playing with the club? And the doctor's like, no, it's not gonna help anything. And I think a lot of players- it's better he doesn't play with. As cool as the club sounds, it's better he doesn't play with the club. If he can grab and use his hand, that's so much better for a defensive lineman than just having that club. I know you think. Love the idea of taking that big old club and hitting somebody across the head with it. But I don't think that when you're thinking of like actual defensive line play and wanting to get your hands into the, you know, armpit areas, the both hands there, try to control blocks or trying to get one hand into the sternum. It's so much better to have your hand and also to just grab and be able to shed that way. Defensive lineman, I mean, you're allowed to grab and do whatever the heck you want. So if he can grab, that's much better than if he had a club that he couldn't do anything with. Uh, it, honestly, if he had the club, I'd probably be a proponent of like, maybe don't play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's talked to plenty of doctors and no one's getting Zach Taylor. We, we've talked about it plenty of times. He's not going to put a player out there if they don't feel like they can go um, or if it's a smart decision. I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, keep him for the Bills game. Keep him for the Ravens game. Every game is important right now. This team is can can be a one or two seed. Um, all of that is huge when it comes to maybe getting that first weekend off in the playoffs. Uh, they they want to win every game. And just because this is the Patriots and they're on a win streak and maybe they can drop one and they can afford to, but nobody wants them to. So this is extremely important. And, and Trey and Joseph, as I heard Joseph, as I say it after the Tampa game, just kind of it's always next man up and they don't want to let anyone down, but they just work together. They see each other more than their own family, that it's just really important to go up, go out there and show up for them. And um, just huge on Trey's part. I'm not surprised he's out there. He's voted in the Pro Bowl, too. So congrats to Trey. But I love this defense. Um, Lou's just he's absolutely fun to watch what he can do in the second half of a game, even if this team is down. I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring, but I do have 24 to 17. Uh, I don't know why I'm giving them 17 points. I think they'll figure a way to put a few uh, scores on the board, but it's not going to be beautiful. I just I truly trust that Cincinnati can keep the seven seven game one streak alive and then then it gets difficult when you think about Monday night football. Yeah. Uh, both in agreement. Well, as long as I pick the Bengals to win, we'll be in agreement. <laughs> maybe you shouldn't pick the Bengals. Maybe you should maybe you should go, you know, because I mean it's been better pretty- shot of that next week. All right, you go with it. You know who I'm picking every week. I'm rolling with my what my ten and four record is right now on all Bengals. Um, I pick them every week, and maybe at times I shouldn't. The four losses: Steelers game, I was wrong. Cowboys game, I was wrong. A couple division games, was wrong. Shouldn't have rolled with them, uh, but they can beat anybody. That's the thing. Um, you know, years ago, I, I probably couldn't say Cincinnati every week they have a chance they're going to win. This team is one of the best in the AFC. And I truly believe that getting some of these guys back at a, at a key time, you look at the injury report last week, I started to get a little lengthy and a little concerning. You see Cam Taylor Britt leave the game. And, and obviously the shoulder thing, I still think it's something that we should keep an eye on. Um, you know, I remember, as I mentioned on the podcast earlier this week, during the KC game, he did go in the locker room a little early. He was favoring his shoulder. He did leave that game a little early. Again, it left Tampa. 
Um, I think it's just something to watch. But again, nobody's 100% at this point in the season. And uh, we're going to see a lot of guys just kind of battle it out over these next few weeks before it gets real, real uh, in, in the postseason. I feel very confident that Cincinnati's going to make it. And I'm saying that as the Jags are still up, um, that that would uh, clinch them their way into the game. Let me ask you this, because I was talking about it earlier. Would you want the Jags to win and Cincinnati just go ahead and get in? Or would you want it to be Saturday and be like a whole thing? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, personally. You don't care? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd prefer Christmas Eve. They just win and get in themselves because it would be extra sweet on Christmas Eve that they both win and they secure their playoff spot. The thing is, they have a greater than 99% chance. So, like, even if they didn't get in this week, they – there's a really good shot they get in next week or the week after. Like, I'd, I'm not that worried about the Bengals not getting in the playoffs is also my thing. So, honestly, I'd, I'm just rooting for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so, I mean, the good news is not good news. They kicked another field goal in this game. So, it's 13-3 to for the Jags. So, no Trevor Lawrence touchdown on the last score. But I think, honestly, I, I agree. Cincinnati's going to get in. There are Browns fans and Steelers fans who are going over the playoff meter percentage. I think there's like a 0.4% chance that they can get in. And they're like, well, here's the scenarios. And here, here's how it's going to happen. If this these three teams lose, and then these three teams lose the next week, and then if they win out, it's absolutely insane. Cincinnati's not in that position. They're 10-4. and four. It still hurts, and we talked about it after week one, that that week one game could come back and sting a little bit. I think right now it stings because they would be in a three-way tie for the number one seed. They would be the number uh, – They would be – they they would control it. It would be either them or the Bills. Yeah, but they would at least control their own destiny. Yeah, I mean, because if you beat the Bills, then you already beat Kansas City. Um, yeah, that's, then that's why if Kansas City drops a game and they beat the Bills, they'll be the number one seed. But as it stands, I don't, I, I have no idea if they or the Bills would be the number one seed. But they would control their destiny to get the one seed if they just won that game. But they didn't. Whatever. I really hope the Browns just lose this week and it just kills their playoff. I'm just ready to get them out of here. Get them out of here. They can start focusing on the second and third round of the um, NFL draft for a couple years, and then uh, then they can worry about what their first rounders look like. I, I'd need them done. Um, Steelers. I mean, they're still playing pretty hard. I need the Steelers to win another game this year. I the whole I Franco Harris thing's kind of sad, so I kind of hope they. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't typically root for a Steelers win, but it would be. I don't know who to play. Play is anybody important? They uh, they play the Ravens in a couple weeks, so I want them they to play Vegas. Them. I have no feelings about that game. I don't care about Vegas either. <laughs> so whatever. If they win, that'd be cool though. Because I don't know, Franco Harris, Italian legend. You know, that's 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 where I reside yeah. with it. It's it's just sad though because they were doing his fiftieth uh, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and the. Um, Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, Nick, producer. So I'm rooting uh, a little bit towards the Steelers just because I want the story. Uh, and he was just, he was excited to. I live in the Pittsburgh market, so when they're doing the news and stuff, they're talking about how excited he was to get his number retired at halftime and stuff. So it's kind of sad he passed away before he could do that. But at least you know he knew it was happening. I think that's also nice because the thing that sucks with Ken Riley is like oh, he never knew. He never knew that he was in the Ring of Honor and all this other stuff, and possibly makes the Hall of Fame. So, 
is cool franco new it sucks he didn't get to be there to celebrate it so with all that said there is a mild there's a i don't care that much but there's a slight part of me that is just like would be cool for the story and i guess it moves him down the draft that's what we really care about right yeah i, I i'm totally fine with that and the thing is um i think you always it's always telling uh, when someone, and obviously this felt still very sudden, um, it's always, it's always telling, uh, around, you know, just the social media NFL world when someone passes away, when only good things are said about this person yeah. and everyone, I mean, it didn't matter what fan base, um, even outside of Pittsburgh nationally, uh, everyone had something to say about him and obviously just seemed like a really good, good human being. And that's really unfortunate with it being um, the weekend that was coming up and obviously losing somebody too soon. Um, but I agree with the, the Ken, Ken Riley tie-in. It's, it's always unfortunate um, that he won't get to see himself in the hall of fame. And, and hopefully that finally happens in a few short months that that's, that's uh, Ken Riley finally. Sounds getting. likely, right? Because mm -hmm. it was a senior committee pick and they pretty much never don't vote those guys through. They, so Bengals fans rejoice. You get your second me too. We we get a second Hall of Famer. Every time you go there, you just get to see Anthony Munoz and move on. Maybe they got a Chad Johnson exhibit going on, even though he'll never be inducted. Uh, and if you click on the things, Terrell Owens and um, I think somebody else pop up because they played one year in Cincinnati. But it's, it's super so cool. You actually get a life a lifelong Bengal in Ken Riley that's going to be in the hall of fame. Um, man, are we, are we all packing the, uh, the induction ceremony? You know, are we all going to Canton? I probably won't. Uh, but I will. <laughs> oh, I, you'll travel to Tennessee for the play for these I'll, games. But you won't I'll go, go to Arizona Canton. for a Super Bowl. No, I, I really, I'll be cheering back home. That would be super awesome. Ken Riley's family. Um, they definitely deserve it. And I think it would be really awesome to finally see that happen. It's, it's obviously, um, it's it's overdue and it should have happened a long time ago but uh well, i know I, go, I better be able to yell who day with some people oh there's gonna be plenty of people going for sure that'll happen um but yeah hopefully hopefully it does happen hopefully we get good news in a couple months and that's that finally like i said it should have happened a long time ago and it, and it does uh but all bengals what are you gonna have up there after the game we'll have some takeaways uh you should know this every week you're gonna have takeaways I tried to do previews and it is just with a day job, three articles a week is hard because I try to actually put a lot into my articles and not just, you know, Patriots like to play a three, four. And then that's like the entire article. It's like, I want to really get into it and players and all that stuff. So I don't want to put up a substandard article. Ooh, it looks like Trevor Lawrence did something else. I need to get off so I can go watch him. We got, yeah, we got to end this podcast because we got Thursday night football that we're actually watching tonight. Um, it does factor into the Cincinnati Bengals. Make sure you follow along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.